Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan and I am here today with Chris. Hey everybody. Uh, We're in Philippians exclusively. And there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of uh, coffee cup verses in here, I think. (laughs) Refrigerator verses. Coffee cup, refrigerator. Bathroom mirror. Yeah, bathroom mirror. I was going to say makeup mirror, but that's kind of dumb. But Yeah, I I mean, you might have one, but I don't. (laughs) If I have one, I'm not telling you. Yeah, thank you. What do you think? Well, I mean, one of my favorite passages is in here in uh, Philippians chapter 3. Paul kind of gives... He's talking about the false teachers that are in there infiltrating the church, but then he talks about his qualifications mm-hmm. uh, and then puts his qualifications into perspective. Um, and I just, I love this passage. Paul kind of basically lists, you know, all these things that should make him, according to the false teachers, the most excellent Bible teacher around and, and checking all the boxes, being, uh, you know, a Jew, being a Pharisee, being of the right tribe. He grew up in the right neighborhood. He was so zealous for this that he actually killed people. Not, not that he's encouraging that. Uh, and he basically says all this is, is just worthless. Uh, it's actually garbage when he compares it to knowing Christ and to the righteousness that comes from Christ, which this passage does have one of my favorite Greek words in it. I don't know a lot of Greek words, but when it says that everything I have gained or that all my qualifications where this version translates it as garbage, it's actually the Greek word skubalon. And it's uh, actually a pretty harsh word. Um, we would probably be surprised that Paul used this word, but... I love um, that Paul uses this word. It actually is what should be flushed down the toilet. Yeah. It's, it's dung. It's probably even... I mean, dung is even a nice word. It's kind of that word you're probably not supposed to say. Uh, and Paul says... My best effort is worthy to be flushed down the toilet when I compare it to what Christ has done. And I, I just love that, that imagery, that picture. Um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to do good things, but compared to Christ, our best effort is, it smells, it stinks. It's worthy to be flushed down the toilet. Uh, so that's, it's one of my favorite passages. It's good. It's, it's challenging too. I mean, that, like, what a humility-inspiring passage that's like, wow, if, I mean, I, I guess if Paul's best efforts are, are nothing, then... And especially, I mean, I kind of grew up more in a do-the-right-thing approach, yeah. a little bit of a legalistic background. So this, I think, part of my journey of understanding the grace of God and identity was I was so wrapped up in what I was doing, and it's just to get this picture of, like, my best is rubbish. It's just garbage. It's done compared to what Christ has already done for me. And then that actually motivated me to then do some of those good things, but not as a, a way of trying to achieve something, but as a response to what I had already been given. I think that whole under like understanding the grace of God, especially in um like in a legalistic journey of faith, it's an incredible lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible lesson to internalize. Um, because I, I, obviously there's, there's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, but if you're someone that, that hears us saying, and you're like, oh yeah, de- that's definitely me. Like, it's such a huge faith developing piece to actually come to the realization that your best efforts are garbage. Mm. Um, not in a, not in like a self-esteem sense. Like, I don't want you to feel like garbage, right. but what a, what a beautiful picture of who God is. And I, I, I would say I share some of that journey where it's like, wait, like the best I'm doing is trash. 
So God's love for me is pretty incredible and pretty all-encompassing. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And I, I do feel like that's, that's probably applicable to somebody that's listening, that as a journey worth going on, it's a path worth walking down, just understanding how radical God's grace is for you um, and how encouraging that is, particularly through your failures, where it's like, okay, like God's grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for me still. Um, when I'm doing great, when I'm not doing great, like God's still at work in my life and I can trust that he has a plan for me. I love that. Philippians 4. Um, I just like to point this out. Like one of those coffee cup verses is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, I guess that's not exactly how the NLT chooses to say it. But I love that that is the verse that follows basically Paul's idea of contentment. Um, Mm. oftentimes when that verse is presented, it is horribly out of context. So what I like to do is tell kids like, Hey, this is not the verse that says you're a superhero. If you jump off a building, you can't fly. Um, even with Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) um, because actually what Paul's saying is he has learned to be so content in his identity as a follower of Christ that it really doesn't matter if he has a big house or a little house. It really doesn't matter if he's right now. He doesn't have any house. Yeah. Like it, it just really doesn't matter if he's full or starving. What matters is that he's a child of God on mission for God. And I think I think that also is a crazy, crazy valuable mm-hmm. lesson that maybe perhaps actually fits really well into your sermonette. Um, that, yeah, like God's grace is so sufficient that our identity is so rooted in who he is that in Christ we can do all things. We can be content in all situations and we continue to serve him through those situations. So I, I love Philippians 4.13, not because it'll make me a superhero, because it drives me to become more content in mm. all circumstances. And yeah, I mean, contentment is something that I I think about a lot uh, because, you know, it's easy to not be content or it's easy to oh wish my goodness. things were different or, you know. Raise your hand if you felt not content recently. <laughs> maybe in the last 18 months, you know, <laughs> when will the pandemic end? Um, but uh, yeah, contentment doesn't come from all those external things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes from our identity. It comes from the things that are taken care of regardless of our circumstances. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a challenge for me. I, I, I have thought I need to grow in contentment definitely in the last couple of weeks or last couple of months. Um, just seeing things that I wish were different, but, mm-hmm. uh, how can I, how can I apply this and how can mm-hmm. I grow in this? So yeah, there's lots of good stuff in here. Uh, what's the deal with Caesar's household? Yeah, I mean, I I just kind of see that as like um, Paul's in Rome right okay. right now, mm-hmm. um, probably in prison. And it does seem he has uh, some interactions with people that are in high positions of influence. Um, so, yeah, I I think uh, it's it's one of those little things that gives us a clue as to where things are located and where things are happening mm-hmm. uh, as well as in Philip in Philippi uh, this would have been it like an imperial outpost so to speak okay. not of the uh, Star Wars Empire but um, of the the Roman government so I think there's also influence that hopefully the church is having with some significant officials there yeah it's pretty cool so we're, we're referring specifically to the end of the chapter 4 uh, verses 21 to 23 Paul wishes uh, greetings and what is it uh, yeah, send you greetings to especially those in Caesar's household. Um, so there's some level of Christian influence that's happening within Imperial Rome, which is really cool because we're not we're not that far away from the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we're within, you know, there's a lot of people living at this time that, that would have experienced this firsthand or at least been living when it happened firsthand. Um, and here we are, the, the Christian faiths having influence in Imperial Rome. It's very cool. So we hope you're encouraged. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Philippians chapter 2, starting verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the result of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that, he, that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own effort, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want you to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing 
Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are excluded for destruction. Their God is their appetite, they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to you, Eudia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others about the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, and which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I ever was in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live in almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty or plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought the good news and traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. 
You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.